Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I mean, I, um, yeah, so you guys are based in, whereabouts are you guys based? I'm in North Carolina, so I'm East Coast U.S. Are are you familiar with the geography of the United States? Because you said Sydney, I'm familiar with the city. I have no idea where, like, on the map it is. It's a big island. It's the size of the U.S. (laughs) It's mostly desert. That's all I know. And so it's like, oh, we're in over here. It's like, I don't know what that means. So you've got coastlines, right? Yeah, you yeah, got we'll coastlines. So yeah, we do too. We're, we're on the we're on the east coast of the of the Big Island, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Sort of three quarters down on the east coast. So um, perfect. See, there you go. You Thanks. are correct. It's quite quite um, deserty in the middle. Is that a yeah. word? It's a word now. Um, so most of the um, population sits on both coasts, realistically. Yeah. Very cool, so guys. But Very before, cool. So before we actually, I'm in the mountains. You're in the mountains. Okay. David's in the flatlands. He, and he, you're both so. and you're both shop owners as well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There you cool. go. Listen, guys. Before we get any further in, I just want to make sure we're not all wearing pants, please. <laughs> no, I'm. No. Listen, this is my shop too. I'm actually still at work, <laughs> and in here in the U.S., we don't even wear pants to work. Okay, <laughs> my staff finds it extremely offensive. They have a real problem with yeah, it. I've been, um, I've, but you know, I feel good about it. I want to know. I've been trying to adopt who the guest who the guest was that exposed themselves. Do we know them? <laughs> Are they? Oh, I think we're recording. I don't yeah, edit I don't think- these things. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't edit these things. <laughs> Dude, so listen, David will have to cut this whole part out, okay? No, 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 this no, 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 no. This can't get We, we can discuss it post. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, after the recording, we'll talk. We'll tell the story after the recording. Right, Dan, yes, think, I'll tell the whole you, story. You You'll watch David turn red. It's awesome. That's good. Well, you're, you're dealing with you're dealing with Aussies, so there's really no filter here. So, um, how do you, Pete? We are super. Y'all will fit in perfectly. Yeah, we are super professional, actually. Um, and to answer your question, no, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> oh, I actually had. Um, I actually had a couple of questions about you guys, actually. Of so course. if I can fire away, um, we're quite sort of fanboys of uh, of the ASOG network. Is that uh, is that what you'd sort of acronym yourselves, ASOG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're the we we've got a, a bigger brand now, right? We're the Changing yeah. the Industry podcast yeah, now, so. and and then we're still part of ASOG. ASOG's a five hundred one c three designed to help shop owners, yep. right? Like because man. It's not always easy. Yeah. Um, and so we start off as the ASOG podcast and we realized that a lot of people weren't going to know what that meant, right? Like ASOG, what does that mean? Well, it was auto shop owners group. 
And then it, it slowly grew into something more because we had a lot of technicians who were following us. We had a lot of service advisors who were following us, a lot of people from outside of that owner realm. And we thought, we've got to make sure they can hear this message too, right? Because we want to improve it for everybody. We want things to get better. And so that's kind of where it started at, you know? Yeah, that sounds that sounds Love fantastic, that. actually. Not not too dissimilar to how uh, the Garage Network started, but I'm I'm just uh, intrigued because we do see a lot of interaction on on the page there, and it seems to be quite a large following. How long have you guys been going for? Gosh, David, when did we start? It was like right at the beginning of the pandemic, no, it was, wasn't it? It was in September of 2020 is when we started the podcast. Though Facebook groups aren't around since what 18. Yeah. 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 No, it seems, yeah. seems to have quite a large following. It's, um, it's good. Kudos to you. Um, building such a good, a good network, uh, network of pretty strong technicians, actually. So, well, it seems, seems yeah. that way from yeah. the outside. So there's a bit of feedback for you. Right. It's all a facade. Well, thank Everybody's you so much. Competent over here. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> everyone, every, everyone's, a, you know, everyone's actually, a, yeah. everyone's actually a dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's that it. too. And none of them are wearing pants. <laughs> Everyone's walking around. What have you started? What's going on? What have you started? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next oh, name change a pattern of society or something. <laughs> I'm I'm quite certain I'm quite certain that every um every country's gonna have the same issues. And I was I wanted to ask you guys what common threads you guys are seeing with um your shop owners in general, are there any challenges in your industry that you guys face? We're facing um, a couple at the moment. So parts shortages is is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, skill shortage is another. Um, and I just wanted to sort of ask you guys if, uh, I mean, we sort of feel that we're a little bit far removed being where we are in Australia, but um, I'm certain that you guys face the same issues that we face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, me personally, right? Like we went through a number of part shortages and, and I, I see some posts from you guys and see some posts from other countries where it is hard to get certain parts, right? Um, and, and it's extremely difficult to get them imported if that's what's required. And so I, I could not imagine that just, just for the challenges that we have here locally, um, and, and have the dealer networks that we have, it, it's almost impossible to get some parts. And it seems like they're phasing out. N- Newer vehicle parts much sooner than they ever had uh, before. They're on but is some order. of your some of the part shortages you uh, COVID related or um, supply chain issue related? Um, there, look, we, yeah, we're getting a lot of the the you know blame COVID still, but um, I think that on our end, I think we just don't have those relationships with with um, manufacturers. So I think like when we talk about parts shortages, personally, I think Pete means like the if we want to try and get something from a dealer as a a genuine part, man. It's it's number one. We have a lot of um, dealers that actually won't sell to trade anymore. Um, that's a couple of them actually. Yeah, so they've actually made it impossible. Like my local, I would say our equivalent to let's say GM. Um, I as a repair shop cannot go and buy from their store, as in. I've tried that's to nuts. order a part. It's like, oh, no, you can't buy from him. Well, okay, well, then just put it as a regular, you know, walk-in. Put it for me as a walk-in because I need the part. I'm not going to drive an hour to go. And I can't wait all day for this part, right? Um, and it's, well, no, because we know you've got a trade account, so you're going to have to go through a headquarters. Don't oh, give me my nice. 3% discount because they're giving us 3% trade rate. 
Um, don't give me the three percent. I'll just come in as Costa and just get, nah, we know you've got a trade account. You're going to have to go through headquarters, which is Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. A mission. An hour on the phone. Like, what's the logic behind that? I think a lot of of it, my my understanding of it is is just the sheer shortage of of bums in chairs so we're finding it very hard to get um staff in general so our mm-hmm. unemployment rate for us is actually very very low here at the moment so we're finding it very hard to get staff and i think that it's probably best for the dealers to hold on to their supply um mm-hmm. and use it for their own uh repair rather than supply to the trade so yeah so the fact that uh we, we, for it, we have something really similar here with the with specific manufacturers. So you, you look at a Tesla, but they're getting in trouble right now because mm. Tesla's not sharing freely sharing of information like they're supposed yeah, to. And yeah. if you need to buy something from Tesla, you have to register with them as a uh, collision shop, I think is what it was. And you have to go through all these, jump yeah. through all these hoops just to be able to buy genuine Tesla parts because they were trying to keep everything in-house, everything. Every other manufacturer realizes that we don't have the dealer network to service all these vehicles, which is why these are the same manufacturers in your country. It's like you guys, it's not like you don't have GM and you don't have Ford. You see what I'm saying? So you guys have the same manufacturers who realize in the U.S. we need the independent repair shop because we want to sell cars. That's what we're in business to do. So yeah. we're not going to sell cars if there's nobody to fix them. And we don't have the dealer network that's wide enough and, and well, as well staffed as it should be to be able to handle all the repairs necessary. Yeah. So we have to get, we have to yeah. like, there's a little bit of give and take there with the independent repair shops, but they need that. They, they need us. The, there's 70% of the repairs. Actually, I think it's 72 yeah. right now. 72% of all repairs to automobiles. Uh, nationwide are done in independent repair facilities here, right? And so, right. And, and, you know, we've got organizations, um, there's ETI, the equipment and tool Institute, right. And they build connections between the manufacturers 
the tool companies and independent repair shops or the aftermarket as you know it, right? And so they're up there saying like, hey, we have to maintain these connections. Yeah. We have to make sure that you're taking care of them and they're taking care of you. 100%. And so that's that's something we've seen more and more. And, I, you know, there's a lot of folks. I think if, if Mario, for instance, heard this, Mario and I were just having a conversation the other day and he's like, I don't think the dealers are trying as hard as you think they are to help us. Man, I could not imagine being in a situation like you guys are. That's crazy. Yeah, we feel we're well. not doing as much as what they should be. You've got to also remember for us, like this whole right to repair and information acts and all this stuff, we only just got that legislated uh, under a year ago. So pre pre eight months ago, we could not log in and get a wiring diagram from the manufacturer. We actually could not access any information at all, full stop. It wasn't there. There was maybe two participating brands, which was Toyota and Holden, which is like a, a, a type of yeah, GM. Yeah. Um, short of that, we were absolutely stuck by going, you know, circumventing, using VPNs, going through international logins and all this wacky stuff, especially when we're programming. It was impossible because then you're relying on, you know, back, backdoored from Russia, um, information. Like it was, it was pretty crazy. So, so I think a lot of these changes I have felt from, from my, my business point of view is since we've gotten that legislation passed and now we, we legally can have access to the information. It's like they've said, well, okay, fine. Since you can legally get the information, we'll find other hurdles for you. You know, um, that, that's so why I felt that recently. They're, they're, I, I think the the um, that I think that's well established enough in the U.S. that if a manufacturer tries some of those shenanigans, not not that they're, I think they're trying to secure certain aspects of access, not necessarily create barriers, but definitely secure who is getting access to what. Yeah. Uh, what's that? What's that thing called, uh, Lucas? I don't know about this about this stuff. There's just they tell me to pay the bill and. The fifty dollars for this and fifty dollars for that, and you just you just pay. Well, auto auth or something like that that you have to register. Yeah, look, we have ever seen the auto thing that's just been, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, Na- you've got Nastif too, but but I think Nastif is is more of a in favor of the independence than anything. It's 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 making sure that access can't be taken yeah. away because what they're doing is is they're saying, hey. Like you can make every argument you want, but we know these people have had background checks. Yeah. We know they're an actual business. Yeah. We know that they have insurance. They we're bonded under them to protect you, the manufacturer, yeah. to make sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so, How are you guys getting you know, like so it's a pretty complex system? So this is where so Nastif, I believe, it might actually be the same company, or, or at least they copied a lot of their um, their platform. We've got an organization called Azra, which is a similar thing. And they've just started adopting, you know, the same, like, like you were saying, Lucas, you know, they do all the background check, you log in, you have that account, Azra account. Um, and then you can b- become a VSP, so like a, a security person, vehicle security person, which again, right. is more background checks, you do police checks and all that sort of jazz. Now that's only, hasn't even rolled out yet. So, um, you know, back pre, us getting the legislation, most workshops had just had like you know a personal relationship with a person inside of a dealership, and if they needed a security oh, yes. code, be oh, like yes. you know, yeah, here's a security code. Yeah, here's a couple of cases of beer, and we'll take that security code. Um, 
since the legislation's passed, it's been, well, no, we can't do that anymore because now it's super strict. So you need to go through VSP. Right. Problem is, VSP wasn't ready. It's still not ready. Um, so right now, there's still people doing it ways that are, long story short, cars have to get fixed. So we find ways to do it, <laughs> right? You've got to get the car right, at the door right. and you work it out. Is that the right answer? That's the right answer, yeah. So you get the car at the door um, and it gets fixed and it gets sorted, but it just makes it a little bit more difficult. But look, there, there is um, the words in the traps are that, that that's ready to go and, and it's going to be much easier once it's all adopted. Uh, but I think it's also a learning curve. Like, um, like we had the most recent one was was um, oh, you guys can't have the access to information because you, none of you guys are EV certified, and we can't we can't we can't separate our EV information from our regular information. So because we don't want you guys to die, we can't give it to you. So what in the world? Yeah. So, so we that is insane. You're, you're in the you situation here where you you don't you can't get vehicle information or you're having to get it like secondhand sketchy through Chinese yeah. or Russian access. So, so you've yeah. got that going on. You can't get parts because nobody will release parts to you. So that, that should dissuade every backyard mechanic from working on a car. So like, I don't have the relationships to get the parts and I can't get the, the vehicle and service information. So why am I even going to try? Meaning that the yeah. people that have shops should be charging astronomical rates to work on vehicles because you can work on them is that the case you well, think? We're, we're, work, we're working on it we're working yeah on we it. are working there on that still, portion yeah there are you know what that is going to be the slogan pete i think we're going to just cut that section out and literally gonna have a rerun <laughs> in the waiting room just rerun rerun so the, the, the thing is we still have pretty good access to like aftermarket parts and um, you know, a lot of these aftermarket parts now are from big players, like all of our electrical stuff, although it's aftermarket, 90% of it's Bosch. Um, you know, so you can sort of trust that it's going to be a decent brand, a decent product going into the car. So it always is 90% of the time that there's another solutions, which again, like I said earlier, it's always about getting that car fixed in a timely manner. Like I'll give you a straight up example. We had a ML63 a few weeks back where dealer was quoting anywhere from four to 18 weeks for a, for a shock absorber. I was like, well, okay, but they're available. Yeah, they are. Okay. Why 18 weeks? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but they just don't give you a real accurate answer. That, that's, that's the problem. So then how do you, how do you then convey that message to a customer without sounding like a dick as well? Like, I promise you I want the car at the door. I can't store your car for 18 weeks, you know? Yeah. But we do have we do have access to data via conventional yeah. methods. I mean, do you guys have uh, companies like Auto Data and those sort of? Yeah, I suppose we, data. We've got yeah, data. yeah, so we do ha we do have conventional right. Mitchell. access. Like Mitchell, that, yeah, yeah. So Mitchell, yeah, very similar. Um, so we do have access to data. It's just specific data um, yeah. that you might require from the dealer that we're finding it very hard, and it's a slow burn for for us at the moment because it's only really quite new that it's that it's rolled out. But in regards to what you were saying with um, with our charge out rates and should we be charging more, the, the answer is probably yes, we should. And we are working towards that, I think, yeah. as an industry um, as a whole to try to uplift capability. And that's um, that's probably partly why or mostly why the garage network actually exists is to try to bring these, these techs together and uplift capability together, united, mm -hmm. and try to stamp out a little bit of the, uh, you know, 
$99 service come in the door. You guys have actually got it even worse. You've got, you've got, um, what I've, from what I've noticed, you guys have got, uh, players that are offering $28, $29 services and yeah. shit like that. What is that? Well, <laughs> yeah, it, well, here in, in the free yeah. states of America, uh, anybody with a wrench can become a mechanic and uh, and open yeah. up a shop. They they literally just throw a post on Facebook and say, "Hey, I'm working on cars now," and then that's, that's it. Wild. They're now that now so you wacky. as a shop with a with a building and insurance and uh, good wages for your employees and the latest equipment and on and on and on. You've got all this overhead. Yeah. So you're charging whatever you need to charge, plus you're marking up the parts and you're trying to present value. The guy down the yeah. street is installing that same part that you charge a thousand dollars for US and they're doing it for half. And the yeah, customer, that's this is the entire crux of the, the matter. The customer yeah. in their minds, it's the same thing. It's like, well, hold on now. That yep. is not the same yep. thing. That it's person doesn't have service that. information. I do. So they don't know yeah. that those two bolts that they're hold that's holding up the gas tank uh, are not reusable. I've got service information, yeah. I know. So part of my quote was replacement for those two bolts. So the straps don't fall out and the tank doesn't come off the car and everybody dies. They don't know that. They just slap yeah. that sucker in yep. and you're going down the road. Now the problem is like half the time nothing happens. The other yeah. the other half something does happen but that guy's now gone because he was just a yeah. Facebook post. That was the business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. So, so what? how are you guys, um, or is there a way that you guys are moving toward educating these customers that it's not apples for apples that they're comparing? Yeah, one customer at a time. Uh, it's taking forever. Yeah, <laughs> we have three hundred thirty yeah, I mean, million it's, 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 it? <laughs> Right, and and every single day it's having that conversation, yeah. mm-hmm. and and unfortunately. What they want to hear often wins, yeah, right? Let's yeah, be real about it. Is that that client coming through the door that says, "Hey, I really don't have the money for this. I really, you know." And 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 what sucks is, is they'll go buy that seventy inch TV, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't even it doesn't even register a question in their mind. They'll go buy that sucker and stick it up on the wall. They won't even ask. They won't look at the price somewhere else. They'll stick that sucker on the wall, and that's the TV I've got, right? And I ask the people all the time, like. You know, would you go out and would you buy the cheapest 13 uh, inch gray or like grayscale TV, black and white, and it's just got antennas and it doesn't have cable on the back? Would you would you buy that? And they're like, no, Mm. I I want a nice, high quality TV. I'm like, why would you want to go to the equivalent of a repair shop that provides that? Well, I just want my car fixed and he's cheap. Dude, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. You're getting what you're paying for. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if consumers even care. But conversely, though, I'm imagining you guys have customers on the other um, end of the scale which say, hey, Lucas, hey, David, yeah. um, just fix the car. You know, just send Absolutely. me the bill. So we've we've got Absolutely. we've got either end of the scale as well, and and over the years we've built in quite a, a strong client base that just drop the car off, drop the keys, Pete, do what it needs, send me the bill. Obviously, we just don't do what it needs because they need to know. So we do contact them through the course of the job. There are multiple touch points that we we speak to them at, but typically it's never an issue. It's only I suppose maybe the small one to two percent of clients that might come through who might be price sensitive or might not want that that high quality exactly. job that you're you're offering um and they're probably not the ones that we want anyway well you know what i've learned in my shop is is that that when i had the low rates those were the guys coming through 100%. the door 
right? And as I've raised my prices and my prices came in line with the rest of the industry, most of those people that were just absolute no, the, flat the don't come in anymore. Not with the rest of the industry. They don't know what the they're doing. End, I like it, David. There you go. <laughs> no, what, yeah, the ratchet and wrench survey. Do you guys get you, ratchet and you, wrench down there? No. No. What's that? So it's a magazine uh, um, for, for the industry. They do a survey every year. And they get thousands okay. of respondents, shop owners, technicians, and they'll put out information like what's the average repair order uh, for the industry, you know, uh, over 4,000 people respond. Okay. And this is what it is. And it's it's under $300. Uh, Seven and, bucks. And, yeah. <laughs> and really? It's really well, low. And you're like, I can well, operate on $300 ARO. No. And, but they are. No. Yeah, That's well, the average. That's the problem. What That's the average. Really interesting. So half of everybody's running it. lower. Yeah, wow. You guys have got um, some really, really good metrics that uh, I've noticed a lot of people are uh, putting up on the on their posts and um, all the acronyms, and I'm slowly starting to, to get onto what they all mean and what, what they are or what you guys track, and it's typically what we track as well, but it, like your ARO, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? ARO, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's obviously average repair order, you know? Yeah. And there's there's a few others on there. And one thing that sort of got me, because we actually don't don't operate in this way, is, is the way you pay your staff. And you can pay them in two ways. You can either pay them on a yeah. flat, is it a flat rate or? Mm-hmm. What's well, you telling me that, there's that, an entire country well, that doesn't deal with flat rate? You guys don't yeah, do flat rate? So, so when you say flat rate, what's flat rate is I, I pay you um, your hourly rate and that's that. Is that um, so no, oh, it's so way worse no, than no, that. No. So, yes. so it'll if the if the job uh, if you pull up a, a service information and says that job is three hours, then yes. you pay that technician three hours of whatever negotiated pay rate is. So if it's twenty five dollars an hour, yep. you're going to pay them for those three hours. You're going to pay them seventy five dollars. That's it. If it takes them six hours to do the job, you're paying them $75. If it takes them an hour to do the job, you're paying them $75. Now, the way that the shops start to make really good money is when every single job is ta- is uh, being billed out at three hours, but it's taking the technician two because the technician just got really good at doing these jobs, these yeah. three-hour jobs yeah. in two hours. So now they're getting paid for three hours worth of work at 75 bucks. The shop is collecting three hours worth yeah. of pay uh, but the cars are coming in and out very quickly because they're able to pack in more cars in yep. the same amount wow. of time that's now, how it works is that a double is that a double-edged sword to a certain degree for maybe the so the shop owner seems to to win irrespective but the technician uh could potentially fall short if he gets a couple of curly ones or uh the, the difficulty comes in when the when where the shop owner can lose is if they they lose in quality because the the technician yeah, wants to beat their time yeah. and in order to do that they start to cut corners because they want to get mm-hmm. in under that 3 yeah. hour mark and so they'll do whatever now the some shop owners they don't care they the car comes in is it run yeah check engine lights off yep okay great they charge wow, the customer and out the door they go <laughs> don't ask Ship don't it. tell and it's not till the car comes back which is usually after the technicians quit. Then the car comes back, <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, you got a line of cars that technician Timmy worked on, and technician Timmy got fired two weeks ago, 
now you realize that the technician technically hasn't been installing parts properly uh, like he should have because yep. he's been cutting time to in order to hit that flat rate. That's where the shop owner can lose. But Wrong. yeah, the technician ends up taking the 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 brunt of it. And here's here's the other thing that our biggest problem with it is that it the those kind that that pay scale works really well when it's straight R and R. You're talking mm-hmm. ball joints, steering, suspension, brakes, yeah. some gaskets, so some just very very routine stuff. Yeah, very yeah. routine Rhythmic. stuff. Yeah. and it, it it pays really well if they're if the technician's working on the same line. So all they work on is Holden's. Yeah. That's it. And mm-hmm. they just this one make of Holden. They get really fast at diagnosing the car at fixing. The, so in in those particular situations, it works really well for an independent repair shop that works on everything. It's just doing brakes, steering, suspension, very light diagnostics, very light diagnosis, but swapping in yeah. parts all day long. That's what it incentivizes. So that's what shops turn into. So yeah. a shop that deals in diagnostic work, uh, that is doing ADOS calibrations, that's doing programming, that's, that's re, um, refreshing, refurbishing modules that would normally have to be thrown away. They're going in and they're doing uh, EEPROM work to to use the module again. Shops like that yeah. don't aren't churning the cars quickly. Um, and in those shops, they're they're more craftsmen than they are um, just factory workers. And, and that's the comparison mm-hmm. I typically yeah. tend to make. It's one's a factory worker, one is not. The factory worker shops are they're fine. But they play flat, flat rate, and they specialize in a certain kind of work. Does that make sense? So the other, yeah. so yeah, the other uh, way that they're paid is so. What's the other way that they're paid? So you got a flat rate, and then you got an hour. You can pay hourly, or like yeah. we we or pay salary. salary. So or salary is okay. Cool. They yeah, get same. a set set yearly fee, and we pay them yeah, by the yeah. year. Every single week, you get a, a cut of it. Fair, it. doesn't it? You know. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, and, and and here's the thing, and this is going to piss a lot of people off, but the reality is, is flat rate is an excuse for poor management, right? In a lot of ways, flat rate is is can be can putting be. the business Don't management on can autopilot. Be. Can be. I know, right? Oh, secret. It's politically it, yeah. correct here. Yeah. Not all of them. Simply, right? But, but it does. It puts the business management on flat on 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 autopilot, yeah. right? In a lot of ways, it's hey, you know, if you don't turn. We're at least not losing something on you yeah, okay. in a major way right now. And so, you know, here's the thing is, is think about that. We're, we're people first, right? And especially in independent shops, I, I think most of the independent shops are, are thinking people first. And so, you know, dude has a hard time at home. He has he has a family member that passes away. What what's going to happen to his hours? They're going to go down, yeah. Yeah. right? Like it's not it's not taking care of the person first. It's it's primarily focused on Could dollar it, bills. So you're, you're building a pretty building a pretty average um, team culture with your with your team. Yeah. If you're going to run it, a shop like that, you'd be surprised. There are technicians that that's what they prefer because they make a lot of money. Really? Say I'm really good at putting in suspension parts and gaskets and just cycling through cars very quickly. That's what I'm really good at. I don't want to get paid salary because it's going to limit how much money I can make because I can turn these hours quickly. And those technicians end up at flat rate shops and flat rate shops. They can have a great culture and everybody's happy and they're doing cookouts and they're going on retreats and they're doing the whole rigmarole. It, it works just fine for them. I, I, for our, for, for us, it's not. It, it's a pace that we can't yeah. keep up. It's just 
it seems too stressful. I don't like to do that much work. I, I don't want to do all that nonsense. <laughs> Can you, do you guys not have flat rate or anything like it down there? No, no, no I, no, I only ever heard of it. We did a thing with, um, <laughs> with Sean Tipping a little while back and he, 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 he was just talking about like, what do you mean? I've never heard of that before and explained it. I, I think I instantly got stressed out to just the thought of <laughs> uh, all, all in my head. I'm like, but what about quality control? But then what if, what if the tech's working and someone who needs a hand and like, I don't get, how do they juggle? You know, do they stop their job to help their fellow person hold this while I do this? Like, how do you juggle Sometimes. That? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they yeah. do. We do, yeah. we do have, um, we do have independent guys who might be mobile that will contract to you, but that's a very similar uh, scenario where you get caught out. So who, who warrants the job if that's the case? And then yeah. um, trying to get him back to warrant the job might be an issue as well, yeah. you know, because he's got his own work and, you know, he sort of falls by the wayside. But, yeah, look, I think... I think it's a bit, yeah, I'd never heard of it before. I wanted to clarify. I think, I think salary or, or hourly is probably a little bit more fair for the, for both parties, yeah. you know, just sounds like a, Agreed. like a better way to, to run your shop. Is, is that, what do you yeah, guys do? Ask. Absolutely. Are we salary? Salary or salary? Well, or salary? No, so sal- we're all salary. Sal- well, all of my staff are on salary package. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all, they're all paid quite well, despite the fact that, um, a lot of people, Sort of say that uh, mechanics are paid poorly in our industry. Um, none of mine are. So, right, right, like Lucas was was throwing out some numbers out there. Lucas, weren't you weren't you pulling up the the fact that hey, this is the poverty rate in the U.S. is this yeah. dollar amount? Yeah, technicians like on average make this dollar amount. Like you guys aren't yeah. even in, anywhere yep. near a quote unquote underpaid mm. just but from averages. Right. And certainly not anybody well, and, in our and, stores. Right. And I, I think a lot of it comes back to, to they feel like, well, I've got to buy these tools. Yeah. Right. And I have to, you know, I'm putting all of this training. I'm putting all of this effort in. You know, I, I there are definitely techs that are, are underpaid. There's zero doubt about that. But I, I think that in the States, it's probably lower of an average that are underpaid than we think there is. Mm-hmm. Right. And and when especially when you take into account that we've got some guys coming in. Right. We've got some guys starting out. You know, I've got some apprentices in here and they're they're, you know, eighteen dollars an hour, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, right? Just starting out. And and that's listen, if you can go into a shop and you can get with with no tools, with no nothing, and you can start at seventeen to eighteen dollars an hour, yeah. and the shop's gonna buy your tools and they're gonna give you um Access you know training vision and dental benefits and all the training you could ever want, put you through an apprenticeship program with a guaranteed wage scale. Yeah, right? Like seventeen dollars an hour is not that bad starting out. Well I think it you know, I, I just I think that sometimes we we sway our perspective of that because people want more money. Well it begs the question then if if you're being underpaid, why are you being underpaid? And maybe the onus needs to go on on the technician to say, Well, you know what? Maybe I'm not as good or maybe I need to be trained Absolutely. better or maybe I need to produce more output or, you know, there, there could be a reason as to as to why, you know, a lot of the guys that seem to complain that we, we've seen um, don't do anything about uh, fixing it for themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's the, vic- yep. the victim mentality, I, you know? I, you're exactly right. And, and you know, I've got a good friend and I've talked to him a little bit about the fact that, that I may mention this on some of the podcasts, right? But but we had a talk a while back, and he came to me, and he said, hey, listen, uh, I was fired. And I said, okay, why were you fired? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, the first thing you need to do is you need to do an exit interview. Can you call him and say, hey, we need to do an exit interview? Mm-hmm. 
And we started talking about it and we were talking through some of the things. And I, I asked very blunt, very direct questions. And, and I said, you know, I got to be honest with you. You've heard us talk a lot about toxic technicians and, and how they can affect the business. They can affect everybody else in there. I said, can you be honest with yourself and be honest with me? Do you think maybe it's possible you'd become toxic in this shop? And he said, I never thought that would be me, but you're right. Yeah, well. And then we start talking about some of the other things that happen. And, and as we dig in, it turns out that neither party had their expectations met. Now, look, I'm going to wholly 100% blame the shop owner for this because the shop owner didn't set expectations. Yeah. He didn't say, I want you to be able to accomplish this. I want you to do this in this number of hours, right? You know, I want you to do this kind of work and this kind of training. And here's, here's how I envision this going, right? He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. He just said, come in and fix cars. Yeah. And so now what does the technician do? The technician starts and he's like, well, I thought I was fixing cars and he's pulling the scope out and he's doing testing and he's doing all this stuff. And the tech, the owner never came back and said, Hey, listen, the time it's taking you to scope and do all this stuff. You could have easily looked and seen that's a problem right there and fixed this car and shipped it out. And so all of a sudden we get into this greater and greater divide. They're going in different directions because they both have different expectations of what fixing the car is, of what I should expect at the end of the week, what I should expect at the end of the day, what my production should look like. Right. And so is it that more that we need to work on setting these expectations with one another? Yeah, look, I, 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 mean, I definitely I think, think that's absolutely an important thing. Making sure you set and manage these expectations through the in, – in very similar way to how you would set and manage expectations for a customer when they bring their vehicle in, if they've got a diagnostic yeah. job that you need to do. You need to um, definitely, I think, set and manage expectations with your staff as well. It needs to be clear-cut from the outset um, because they'll do – so from my experience, they will do what they feel is the right thing to do but it might not necessarily be what you'd yeah. like them to do, mm -hmm. you know? So they're not doing yeah. anything wrong. It's just not to your expectation. And if you haven't set anything or set that expectation, it's very difficult. And like you're, you're right there, yeah. the, the divide becomes big because they're thinking they're doing um, the correct thing or what they feel is the right thing, but it might not necessarily be the expectation that the actual shop owner yeah. has. And I think, uh, you know, it, yeah, go for it. Well, it, you know, it, it resonates with me, right? Because- um, I, I don't mind to tell personal stories, right? I tell them all the time, but, uh, a, a few years back, um, we had just had our second child and I had it in my head that my wife was going to come back to work. She does the bookkeeping. She does all of that stuff. Right. And I had it in my head. She was going to come back and I had this vision in my head of what it was going to look like and, and the things she was going to take care of, the things I was going to take care of. And man, we had some like, fights over this like she was getting ready to like i was about to not exist anymore she was gonna take me out you know it's gonna wake up dead one day and so uh you know as this progresses i said to my business coach at the time i said i am really frustrated because she's not doing what i want her to do and he kind of laughed at me and he's like hey he said, you know, frustration always comes from unmet expectations but he said I i'm gonna warn you about something and I said, what's that? He said, you need to talk to her about what your expectations are. But he said, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that is is absolutely pivotal. He said, you need to write it down on a sheet of paper yeah. and read it a few times before you go and All tell her that's your All expectation. Right. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, they may not be realistic. 
He's like, you may be asking her to do something that she's not capable of, or it may not be realistic for her to do. It may not be the right thing. So write them down and read them first. And I write them down. I've got like this whole notepad, top to bottom, line by line by line. I'm like, oh, shit, that's not realistic. Oh, shit, that's not realistic either. Oh, hell, I better not ask her to do that. You know what I mean? And like, so at the end of it, I I think that if we don't write it down and put that on paper first, we may not realize that our expectations are unrealistic, you know? And I I think, especially for technicians, right? I I come to work in the morning. And one of my things is, is I plan my day out, right? And, And as the expediter in the shop, I'm laying all this work out and I'm saying, okay, Mrs. Smith needs to go. Uh, Bob needs to go. This client needs to go. We've promised this. We've promised that. We've promised all this work, right? And I'm laying it out and I'm putting it down on the sheet. And I'm like, okay, I need you to get all this done. And I never look at the hours that it takes to actually do that, right? And so all of a sudden when I take it and I lay it out and I'm like, okay, uh, Terry needs to do this job, this job, and this job, that's 16 hours, (laughs) Right. If everything goes well, that's 16 hours. Is it possible for him to do that? And I think owners, they're so focused on serving the client. They're so focused on getting the dollars in the door because they got to pay the bills. They can lose sight of of what reality is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we've all fallen in that trap of then then, then getting frustrated because the job is not at the door. But then you actually look at the, like, oh, wait a minute. That's actually not even possible over three days, let alone one. Yeah. So. Absolutely yeah. guilty of that. I tell you exactly. What. Yeah. Yeah. Put, putting a little bit of uh, excess pressure on the on the tech because I, I I do understand what you mean. You sort of walk out from the office potentially and, and look and go, oh John, how are you going with that? Oh mate, yeah. Look, I'm I'm getting stuck in. Um, is it finished yet? Um, no. It's <laughs> it's a very long job, you know. And you like you said, as as a, as a shop owner, you sort of you want the outcome for the customer. Sometimes you feel that, uh, sometimes you fail to realize that uh, you've got techs on board as well that are part and parcel of your team. You know the problem, Pete, though, in that situation, you start to sound like, because both Pete and my dad were both mechanics as well, uh, were both techs, and we've fallen the trap of, oh, when I was doing them, this would have been three hours. It's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, in the 1976 on your Buick Buick (laughs) point-driven distributor took you one hour yeah great dad you know i used to hear these ones like uh, oh man i used to pull those gearboxes out with my dick easy yeah. easy, easy yeah. you know? <laughs> like gearboxes now are five but, times the weight you know you mean you still don't <laughs> well you know look we, we've got to where we make a joke in the shop right and and eric gets the brunt of all the jokes but you know the deal is is that i'll walk in and he'll like have just pulled a car in and the first thing i always say to eric is are you done what's taking so long (laughs) right and i'm just serious as can be and he just like looks at me so like i go to everybody and do that just to point out that like hey i recognize i'm really bad to do this ignore me you know so are you um are you on the workshop floor to a degree lucas or and david for that matter i know david you said you don't like really working none of us do so uh (laughs) <laughs> da- listen, listen, you there's, know what David does all day? Do. I, 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 I just don't do it. I, <laughs> listen, I never could understand what it was David actually did in his shop. And one of his service advisors one time, she came over and she's like, hey, you keep asking about like why all this is going on in our shop and why nothing's getting done. And she says, here, look. And she turns this phone around and it's a video of david sitting there watching youtube cackling laughing and she's like videotaping it for like five minutes and he's like what what are you he's, doing get back to work researching. <laughs> you know? it's research it's okay 
research. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. If if you knew what the video was, you would wonder what he's yeah, researching. But you know. Yeah. Send it to Costa and I as well, please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we just um, rewatched it, it at the meeting you know, too. I know exactly what video. <laughs> is we just rewatched it. I'm like, this is funny, and I put it up on the, you know, the screen. <laughs> uh, I will find the video for you of him watching it and laughing. That will just, uh, you know, I, I work in the shop a little bit, not nearly as much yeah. as I used to. And and the real reason is, is because, man, I, I got to be honest, like there came a day and a time when I had to say, I, I need to hire people better than yeah. me. I need to find people that are more capable than me. And so if I get in their way, that's all I'm being is in their way. There are certain jobs that I'm really good at that I've spent a lot of, of years learning how to do. And there are times that if they get into a bind on a diagnostic situation, I will step in and say, hey, let me be the 30,000 foot view and give you a different perspective. Yeah. Let me ask you some questions. Really, my role in the shop is that of the expediter. I'm planning the morning out. Everything's laid out on a schedule. I'm making a list. We're making a list of who we need to call who's working on what we're organizing the keys. We're making sure the estimates are built. We're and, and now I'm walking through the shop every hour. Hey, do you need anything? Do you need parts? Is everything going good? Is something wrong? And I'm following up with that and driving the work through the shop in that way, because a lot of shops, man, <laughs> they want to be productive, but the owners in here meddling yeah. and, and, you know, we've heard them called uh, seagull managers, right? They come in and eat your lunch and shit everywhere and fly off. And so I don't want to be that, but I also want to make sure they're supported. And a lot of shops, man, they, they don't have the parts they need. They don't have the clarification or the information they need until that car has been on the rack for 45 minutes, an hour. And, and they forgot to go in and tell the advisor something yeah. or the advisor has been busy and they haven't been able to say something. My position of running around and solving those small problems means work moves to the shop much faster. So do you call that yeah. position the workshop controller? I call it an expediter. It was David's idea to name it that. So that's just what I've always called it. Uh, in shopware, there's a there's a tab called an expediter. Okay, so okay. that's why I came up with it. But I mean, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we, um, I mean, so what I've noticed between, there's a bit of a disconnect between the, the way you guys do things and the way we do things. When I say disconnect, I think you guys are a little bit more structured. Well, from what yeah. I see, there's a bit more of a structure in terms of your org chart that you would have typically in a workplace um, compared to a lot of a lot of ours and uh, you might have the the owner who is also an operator so you've got an owner operator like you said and you might have four techs underneath him and he's literally doing everything you know he's answering the phones he's doing the bookings right. he's ordering the parts he's asking the techs how they're going he's also doing work so um so we've sort of structured things a little bit differently typically in the way that you guys would say you'd have a service advisor and then you'd have what you're doing, which I would consider a, a workshop controller, and then you got your techs. So you're the you're the right. facilitator, I suppose you'd say, wouldn't you? The expert right. guide of the facilitator. And 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 so what role do you take oh, in the shop? Um <laughs> fuck, I don't even know. Hey, listen, I've not been in a couple you know, months, I don't know. <laughs> I I actually don't know what I do these days. Um <laughs> very similar to David. I'm more a YouTube uh guy these Extraordinary days. Extraordinary no, no, videos not, all day. Not entirely true. I um I have assumed the the role we are a little bit short staffed at the moment, so I have assumed the role of the workshop controller at one of the, the workshops. 
But when we had enough staff on, I was I was overseeing both operations. So I wasn't very hands-on um, at all. Okay. I, was, I was more making sure that, uh, you know, we had nearly, so we had 10 staff at the time across both shops. And I was making sure that, you know, all the back end was being taken care of and I was overseeing and making sure I was providing support to the guys running the the shops. Um, but now I'm, I'm sort of back into the workshop controller role. So like the expediter, I suppose you'd say. Um, right. At one of the workshops, the other shop just runs standalone. They've got a full team. Um, we're just a little bit short staffed at one of the shops. And how big are your shops? Let me ask you that. Uh, so I've got, so both shops are very similar in size. Uh, they've both got four hoists or four racks, as, as you might say. Okay. Um, one of the workshops, the one in the inner west or the inner city, has no parking, so it's all street parking, and it's very, very difficult. Oh, it's very difficult to get. So yeah, um, you'll so you'll find that's a common trait in Australia. We don't we don't have parking yeah. in a lot of these workshops. There's, there's not much space. So despite the fact that the country's um, five times the size of the US, uh, only <laughs> one one tenth is used. You know, so because the rest is unusable, you could die getting in by a snake. Or you know what you got to watch out for is the drop bears as well. The drop bears what? are massive. The what? The drop <laughs> koalas. They're like koala bears with massive claws, and they hang from the trees, and they. No, that's complete bullshit. He's made that up. I have no idea. You guys have some weird animals down there. I don't know what kind of nonsense you got going on. Listen, David has almost been killed by a mosquito and a horse fly. I mean, I hate to see a drop bear go. I said to I said to a traveler once that they were asking me about the airport or whatever. I said, yeah, did you see the kangaroos? Uh, and they said, no. I said, no, there's there's guys, you probably didn't see them because there's guys they employ called shoers and they shoo away all the kangaroos with a broom off the runway, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> but, but, so, uh, so, David, we found you a new job. Be you awesome be a shoer. That was like, do you have a recording of that? Is it on YouTube? Yeah, <laughs> I know. He, well, listen. He he just told me that the doctor told him he needed at least thirty cardio, minutes yeah. of cardio a week. Yeah, he's going to die. So there's his cardio. Yeah. <laughs> no, so look. So one of the shops. One of the shops has four bays or four racks, one bay and a reception, and then we're looking for on street parking all the time. The other <laughs> shop is lucky enough that it's got um, got a car park attached to it, which has uh, six cars that we can park, and then there's also. Separate reception, four racks or four hoists, um, okay. and separate separate lunchroom, and we've built a mezzanine with uh, with the office that I'm sitting in at the moment. So um, both relatively well um, well laid out. Um, just one of them is difficult to to use purely because of the the infrastructure, the parking scenario. Which we're, how, f- we're how far are they from each other? Uh, so as the crow flies, you'd probably say it's about 13 kilometers, but driving from one end of Sydney to the other, oh my God. So if I was to drive from one shop to the other, uh, it would take an it's hour. It could have been an hour. So, and my workshop's literally in between both these shops, literally right in the middle, right? It's probably exactly in the middle. Yeah. Um, but then it will still take me 45 minutes to drive down to his workshop. <laughs> yeah. so now, do you own a shop too, or are you a team? Yeah, no, I own a workshop as well. Um, I owned, I actually owned a, a big shop. You would have known that. 
I was paying attention well, I, to everything. I, I, I want to dig into his story now. I'm curious. Yeah, now. So, so I, I, I want to make sure he wasn't a shoer, David. I was a shoer in my past life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> got really good at it. Got rid of them all, so now I had to find a new job. Um, <laughs> so I had a workshop in Mascot, which is um, uh, where you land. So it's like Mascot Airport. It's like Sydney Airport, which is about, I don't know, three to five k's out of the, the, the heart of the city. Um we actually sold that because in that area, there's a lot of redevelopment and, um, you know, everything's now a, a sky rise apartment block. So we got bored out of that about two years ago. And in the interim, we found this little workshop, um, in, in called Brighton. It's like literally in between piece two shops. We're about eight K out, eight kilometers out of the uh, CBD. Um, and man, we've got, we've got. Jack shit parking. We got nothing. We got literally, we got two hoist infrastructure is pretty shit. Um, but we are working on a bigger solution right now, but it's, we've got two hoists. Two hoists. Yep. We've got two car spots. Um, street parking all around us is an hour, an hour maximum parking. That's, that's got a very, very, um, proactive ranger that walks around and finds all the cars if you leave them outside for too long. Um, it's it's we we're we're very very strict on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we look where we were before in Mascot. Like, look, parking was a problem, and but we had a pretty good range of that. You know, he came and used our lunchroom and our coffee room, and he'd come and hang out, watch movies all day in our office. So as long as we had a job card on the window, all good. He wouldn't book anything, right? But this this person is not not the same type of person. Um, so we we have to be super strict with our workflow. We have to be super strict with, you know, by appointment only. If it's not a booking, well, when would you like to book it? Um, yeah. And we're not shy in, in, in sending them to fellow workshops. Like if we're, if we're, you know, getting absolutely smashed and these guys need a solution, the customer needs a solution ASAP. Um, this is where I think our network, the Garrett, works really well, where I've got zero problem saying, hey, look, we can't give you a solution for the next week or two. We just can't do it. But, you know, Jimmy down the road can, you know, Pete's this way, he can as well. Here's some solutions for you guys. Reach out, see if they've got availability. I'm absolutely not adverse to that. And I've found customers always come back because you've given them the solution. Like, you know, I've worked it out for you guys. And, um, I mean, if you could take it, we would, but just it's pretty limited on that. We're so competitive here in the U.S. That that would not fly. And, yeah. and the only, the only reason horrible. you would do that is because – they're working on something you don't want to touch so so you know if they bring me some like really old mercedes i'm not touching that and so i'm sending it to the the guy down the street who's willing to work on it but that's the only reason why if i work on it uh, i'm i'm taking it that's mine and and they will they like even if i did send them uh somebody they're going to keep that customer so they're going to work actively like hey yeah. Come back here, come back here. Oh, don't go back to over there. You, they already sent you to us. We know what we're doing. They're, they're, yeah. uh, they're, they don't, we don't work too nicely with each other. Nothing. Really? I, you know, and, and I try to locally here, I try to send stuff to other shops, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, it, it can be hard, right? Because some of the shops aren't, aren't quality enough to be able to do that and, and trust that your clients are getting a good product. Um, the shops that I do send people to, I think we have a decent working relationship with most yeah. of them. Um, but you know, David's right. I mean, I, I have, I have heard horror stories of somebody trying to be kind and send somebody over like, Hey, we're too busy. Can you take this? 
And then the next thing you know, they're talking trash about your work. Yeah. They're throwing you under the bus. It's one thing after another. And, and you know, I think that's probably one of the biggest things we want to fix here is like, let's stop talking trash about each other. And, and, you know, it's odd because, and I don't know, I don't know enough about y'all's background to, to, you know, it sounds like you were both kind of texts in one way or another, but you know, one of the things that we keep seeing here is that there is a clear line between someone that has the owner perspective and someone that has the technician perspective. And what I mean by that is, is that there's a lot of techs who are saying, I can't believe they're charging that to test your car. I could do that. And then they're going in their moonlighting. They're going after hours and they're working on cars. Right. And they're saying, oh, I can't believe such and such did this. That's a terrible no, job. Man. And so it's this culture of throwing each other under yeah. the bus. Right. And, and the problem being is, is that we can't make the industry better. Right. Like we can't make sure they're paid what they need to be paid. If they're out here telling everybody, oh, they, they're ripping you off. They're charging you too much. Right. They become toxic because the shop's charging what they're charging. And and you can see the line in the sand because they don't understand what it takes to run a business. Right. Not saying that, that they're not great people. I'm not saying that they aren't intelligent. I'm just saying they don't have the perspective of the business owner. They don't understand how much money it takes to run a repair shop. Yeah. There is, you there know is what? a bit of a uh, divide. Yeah. You know, you know what? Customers love it. Customers love to drag you into that conversation. You know, we have yes. some customers that will. Uh, we made a very, very clear rule. Oh, man. I don't know, say 10 years ago that we're just going to be fact tellers. We're not going to get involved in. In, yes. hey, did this, you know, I was the last guy. Don't know, I wasn't there. That's it. Sorry, mate. I, I can't tell you if right. I was the last person, which in your head you're thinking, right. fuck, this guy should have changed that seal. Seriously, man. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that, yeah. Exactly. No, like, you don't know the full context. This is your side of the story, what's happened. You yeah. can't show me any paperwork, what's happened. I'm just going to tell you what I can see. Um, if you have, if you yep. think it's a warranty job, you go back to him and speak to him. We don't get involved. Yeah. You know, and the only time that I've ever gotten involved is when I've seen a job that is 100% that this should have been done right. But I'll, I'll call the shop and say, hey, guys, I'm sending this guy yeah, back. He doesn't know I've actually yeah. called you. I've, I've seen your service seeker on there. I'm just giving you a call. Half the, I've done that a couple of times. It hasn't always gone down well. It's like, no, no, I'm just letting you know he's going to come back and see you. I haven't actually even told him I'm calling you. I just saw your service seeker on there. Yeah. Be prepared for that conversation. So do what you've got to do. Um, yeah, that, that gets met with, oh, thanks, mate, or gets met with, go fuck yourself. So, um, <laughs> either way, whatever, I feel like I've done what I've, what I've done is right. So, um, but look, oh, biggest pet peeve, you know, the guy down the road trying to talk down, the other guy down the road to make themselves look, I think it's, that's such a toxic trait. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I, I'll never forget. I had a situation one time where I, I had a, another shop that had quoted work away from us right and and we had done this job it, it was something that it required multiple thermostats right mm -hmm. and this other shop clearly was it a had quoted a single thermostat right and and the guy's like hey they're gonna do it for this and so i called the other shop and i'm like hey i just want you to know i know that you're probably working off of what he's told you i said mm -hmm. but i know that at the price He's given because the price is the same if I just do one thermostat. I'm concerned that you don't have all the information. I just wanted you to know about it. The dude got there and they told him that I had called. And he calls and starts like ripping me a new one. And all I was trying to do was help yeah. them. 
right? I was trying to help make sure that the dude's car A got fixed properly, whether it was here or somewhere else, and B, trying to make sure that that shop didn't end up in a situation where now the car's not fixed and dude expects it fixed for free, right? And yet they still throw me under the bus. And guess what? His car wasn't fixed. And now he's mad at me because they said I misdiagnosed it originally, right? Like, what in the world is that? Was this even possible? Uh, yeah, there's a question for you. Indeed. No good deed goes unpunished, Lucas. Yeah, that's the that's the yep. saying. No good deed goes unpunished. But now, now tell me, do you guys normally would you guys take on a, a if the shop down the road is diagnosed? Would you guys normally just repair their diag? Would you take their diagnosis as a no. repair order or not? No, not yet. Oh. Would your hey listen? No. Let me ask you a question, Costa. If you went to a doctor and said, "Hey, listen, this one over here." told me I've got prostate cancer. Can you go in there and take that stuff out? Would you, if he said yes, would you go to Absolutely him? Absolutely not. Let me, I'm just curious. Would you do Absolutely that? Absolutely not. I'd rather him check it. I'd rather him check it out again. Yeah, but Pete, no you like that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, David goes from doctor yeah, to doctor. Pete just goes doctor to doctor to doctor. It's like, so I'm sure it's okay, but can you just check again? Yeah. I just need to make sure. Like Pete, the other finger this time. Yeah, yeah. Pete, third time this week. Yes, just check again. Oh, my God. The last time David went for that, he came in, he was super upset, and he said, man, both of his hands were on my shoulders. And I'm like, Dude. <laughs> That, that's a, Man, that's, that's terrible. a funny reel. The guy's like, and I was showing that to my to my staff. The guy's like, hey, relax. And the hand's like, hey, hold still. And he's like, hold still, I said. And the guy's like, oh. Well, you can tell this is a podcast about yeah, automotive yeah. repair. This is fantastic. So there are, there are some Americans without humor. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's the Canadians that don't have humor, buddy, okay? The Canadians are straight without. Did you look at the, the, the Facebook? Uh, I said, hey, we're going international. And I asked, you know, sound out where you're from. And there were some people from Australia. There were some people from the UK, uh, Ireland. But it was like 90% Canadian. Other than U.S., obviously, like it was ninety percent Canadian. You just pissed all those people off, Lucas. Yeah. There you go. No, I, listen, I'm only talking about one of them. It's Jeff. <laughs> Poor Jeff. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Anyway, <laughs> no, we do. There, there is there is a bit of a following um, from, oh, I suppose, from our immediate network. Anyway, to your particular network, I do know that there's quite a few guys um, that we know that follow your oh, yeah. your stuff. Uh, and it's typically the that's awesome. typically the business owner rather than the technician that I've I've noticed follow you guys. So so most of our following on the garage network is actually business owner. Um, and what's the split cost? Well, let's call it seventy thirty. Yeah, about seventy thirty. Last sort of semi count. Yeah. Yeah, and most most of the guys that we know that are actively uh, business owners on our network actually follow yours. So there you go. Yeah. Well, that that's is awesome. fantastic, cool. man. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. That is that is great. Yeah, that's the problem. So that's the narrative you guys need to push out. See, here in the US, we farm our deserts. In California, which yeah. is on the West Coast, they pump water into the desert so they can then farm the desert. 
Yeah, it's well. the most insane thing. You guys leave the desert alone. Like, there's some crazy animals yeah. out there. We're just gonna leave it. It's all desert. It's Let's wild, just pack man. into these corners of this country by yeah, the sure. water, but not here in the U.S. Here in the U.S., it's wide open. And so they're like, "Hey, here's a flat piece of land. Let's either build a factory or a farm. We don't have any water. It doesn't matter. We'll pump it in from some other state. That's what we do." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I love, I love the. I've seen some of the, um, some pictures of some of the shop owners that you guys have got there with the size of their land, and I'm so envious. Like, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll have, they'll have ten hoists in the, in their shop, and it's painted floors and separate reception. The reception's not even jammed in the. Se- it's like its own entity, you know. And there's a massive. And there's no parking ranger. Thirty cars. No parking ranger to walk around, you know. With that concept yeah, so of parking crazy. ranger, that would be the end of me. That that'd be the yeah. like you'd find me attacking the parking ranger the first time they put yeah. a ticket on the it thing. Happens. And, you know, it'd be well, a it discussion, and then the next yeah. thing you just see this crazy shop owner came and attacked the poor parking <laughs> ranger, and I I just, yeah. just absolutely it checks out. It. Yeah, <laughs> would it would happen. It would happen. Right. He listen. I have been on the phone with him. When the when the police come <laughs> to check in because the alarm went off, okay? I'm going to tell you what. As a big old country boy, I would have been shocked. <laughs> they would have just shot me dead for talking to the law that way. I promise. I know. Oh, David just, like, blurst him out, you know? The, the good thing is that you know, you know a very well-organized um, uh, shop owner here by their um, location. So if they're in the if they're in the Sydney region, there's every chance that they're a very well organized shop owner and they well, do their work extraordinarily right, well, you know. Yeah, yeah you really gotta be so, like that's crazy. Like we're, we're, so we're, how we're many, done that's in, crazy. I had yeah. never thought of that. So Lucas, how many techniques? I, I think have you we brought? need to do international shop tours now. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. Because like I'm I'm really curious about y'all's operations versus our operations. Oh, I guarantee their shops look like, sounds like it's in New York. A, you ever seen the shops in New York? New York City. Yeah, oh, yeah, you see a shop in New York City. It's it's a it's a it's a tiny building. There's no parking. There's four lifts and there's a desk. That's the shop, and then that's it. Yeah, that, and out of that shop, okay. they're doing two million dollars. And you're like, yeah, that, that, what the hell does that happen? About, look, that's a lot of a lot of the senior ones. Don't, don't get us wrong. We have this conversation so many times with with our members. Like we got guys like all around Australia, and the guy that we speak to often is is a guy from Dubbo, little country town. Not even little anymore. We used to be a little country town. And um, they've got, you know, 500 square meter workshop, which I don't know what that is in foot times two and a half, um, with an adjoined thousand square meter. So again, times a two and a half, um, car park attached to it, which, you know, absolute polished floors, you know, um, yeah. brake, brake metery things that you drive over, the whole shebang, you know, and, and, busy as and so and their hurdles are things like oh you know we can't do ADAS cows because there's no street signs you know the street signs are not to regulation where dynamics won't pick them up you know but then ours is well we can't actually do an 80 kilometer test drive we can't do it we can't hit you know we can't do 60 miles to test the vibration you know (laughs) that's a common thing like like when when I had the one in mascot especially because it's quite dense in population, but also near the airport, so traffic is insane. If I ever wanted to do a high-speed road test, it had to be 9 p.m. at night, so I would have to go home, you know, have, have dinner and then come back and do, the, do it at night or super early at like 6 a.m. Anything else in between, um, you're not going to be able to, to go any faster than 60 kilometers an hour, and that's 
hooning it. Like that, that's 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 been borderline dangerous in those areas. You know, so different hurdles for different people. It, it, it's real. It is real. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the, the, this country's yeah, so but- diverse. Um, and it sounds like you guys are too that we're in the same situation so he's he's on top of a mountain um and the roads there uh, he's taking pictures of it are just nuts where i'm in the midwest so it's flat and for the most part and and wide open so straight roads are all straight and flat and uh, yeah hitting 90 is not a miles an hour that is, yeah. <laughs> so really yeah. fast in kilometers per hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a problem <laughs> it is yeah I'm, I'm extraordinarily confused by your systems mate i'll tell you that much like uh your in, I- imperial your imperial seven eight who uh, even uses him quarter who of even an uses oh god <laughs> oh god how about you just please don't listen millimeter, we... two millimeters three millimeters you know or a hundred degrees the, the grandpa degrees that's really the hot. grandpa <laughs> the grandpa of asog okay has a real problem a real problem with the metric system <laughs> really I'm gonna let y'all talk. If I can find it, <laughs> I will play it for no, you. No, please do. But please I'm just warning you. Ranting about we're nothing. all gonna get hate mail. The, the, <laughs> it's crazy old man ranting about nothing. I'm yeah. The metric system does make sense, but America. In America, we just make up whatever the hell we want. <laughs> we can do what we want. <laughs> because when when I started as a tech, you had to have standard and metric tools. So you had to have a yeah, seven right. eights. And you know that's what. So you would buy these. With a passion that is not seen in this part of the country for a really long time, let it go. Nobody can hear that. Next time a country lands something on the moon using metric, oh, (laughs) he pulls out the moon landing. (laughs) It's like we landed on the moon using imperial. That we win. What you don't know is he he, <laughs> he, he stands up, he takes his pistol out, he slams his pistol <laughs> down on the table really in his training class. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, we don't do that here. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man, that's awesome. Very passionate. Do, Very I might, passionate. I might actually do, later on, I might I might uh, post a little video of, of a walk around of our shop. Of the one yeah, on the do it. That do the it. one awesome. I'm podcasting from. So, so it's uh, it's a Saturday here, and we only operate a five day week, so Monday to Friday. So it's a Saturday. So we've got all our cars out for the for the week. So I've got an empty car park and an empty shop. So I'll do a walk around, um, show that you guys would be awesome, what it's dude. like, where we right. are. Um, I'll take a video of the the ginormous um, seven hundred odd unit block that's opposite us so you can sort of get an idea of how dense it is and then what Pete, i might do Pete, is I might i've got to be concerned when you said i'm gonna take a video of the ginormous dense. and then what you went dense, dense. <laughs> and i was like oh where's he going where's he please don't don't do this so quickly mind please give him they're still recording please stop <laughs> And what I'll do, I'll I'll take, I'll take a video of the shop that's actually in the inner west as well. So then you can see the proximity to the Harbour Bridge and the fact that we have bugger all parking there as well. So uh, that that, yeah, that dude, would that cool. would be awesome. Yeah, because you got. And I think that'll start a really awesome discussion. Well, I think I think uh, 
I mean, I certainly look at uh, look at your shops there and pictures of when people post, and I think I think these guys take it for granted awesome, a bit their their space, yeah. you know. Um, Most of them do, but if you if you uh, interact with a few guys from New York City, um, they're they're that's what they deal with the exact same thing you guys do, and I don't know how they operate. It's nuts, yeah. Yeah. and the 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 amount of regulation, and they've got something yeah. like a park parking ranger there too. They've got the state like right on top of them, checking absolutely every little nuance yep. of their business, yeah. and they just a lot of them just operate under the radar. It's it's all black yeah. market there. Okay. It's all black, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, right. So we we, we, we used to well, so obviously we, we got what, five states, six states. That's horrible. I don't remember. Some of them don't count. It doesn't matter. Um, so we <laughs> just <don't. laughs> I'm not going to say which ones because then we'll get flagged. Tasmania, um, but that's a- <laughs> yeah, don't say it. So we with New South Wales um, and one of the state, I want to say it's WA, you do have to be licensed and qualified and all that sort of jazz to run a workshop or even be a mechanic you've got to be employed you have to go through the apprenticeship program you have to get qualified you have to have that that process happen um then you also have to have business license all that jazz uh, but then you go into some of the other states because it's not a federally run program and it's pretty wild like there'll be like a, a guy that yeah. is advertising shoe repairs and tires like fuck <laughs> you know, like it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, um, but yeah, like you were saying earlier, they just decide that oh, you know what? I've 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 done a service before. I can fix cars, and they're allowing it to yeah. just go yeah. on. It's, then yeah, again, you're you're trying to fight. Well, what guys, we like, found though, so yeah, so they, here in the U.S. it's the same thing. Like you go up to Michigan, which is up north, and they you have to be certified. You have to have certified mechanics. Yeah, cool. The shop's got to be certified, and it's got a state board and they come in but the problem is that like it hasn't fixed anything so the quality yeah, of repairs right. yeah. isn't any better the technicians aren't getting paid any better the conditions aren't any better there the cars aren't any safer the cars are just yeah, yeah. as janky yep. up there as they are down here and so here it's wide open in my state it's wide open you can just like i said you just open up one day post on facebook that you're a shop and now you're a shop and that's it and the 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 oh, God, only thing you can come. get in trouble is you know with taxes that's about it <laughs> And have you guys got annual yep. roadworthy inspections for your vehicles there? We do in North Carolina. They're, they're listen. There, did the wheels fall off when you pulled it into the shop? <laughs> no, your road. Can we charge them any money for something? Send it. And that's pretty that's much the wild, extent of it, man. right? That's wild. Yeah, we've got uh, in New South Wales. There's annual roadworthy inspections, so most of, most of the cars uh, are inspected thoroughly and, and need to be roadworthy. But there are a few states that don't have those regulations and when you go there for a for holiday you see or vacation you see some some vehicles driving around that just should not be on the road um how much do they charge for those because like for instance the state safety inspection here's 13 dollars and 60 cents is the most you can charge right so how how long is it and what what's the requirement is it you're required to if if you did it by the book it would take you 20 or 30 minutes but most people because it is what it is they just pull it in yep lights work horn works good ship it right it's only 13 bucks isn't it so yeah, you know, we've got to, so our our and six dollars of that or something like that's the sticker. Ninety one cents of that's really? the sticker. So so we've yeah. got um so yeah. our roadworthy inspections are forty two dollars and forty three. They've they've, they've they've gone up. Pete forty three. Sorry, they've yeah. gone up and they typically Inflation. take if you're gonna do if you're gonna do one correctly about twenty minutes. You know, so you've yeah. got, so 
my sort of protocol is you road test the vehicle and you're brake testing it. Then you're bringing it in, you're checking all the lights, horn, um, yeah. handbrake, hoisting it, checking the front end, making sure that uh, nothing's you know no leaks and- uh, untoward in the front end. No oil leaks, um, everything's okay, no rust in the chassis, most of them are floor pan anyway, and um, away you go. But typically, it's a 20-minute sort of turnaround. Yeah. Probably doing it correctly. Now, how do you pay your technicians on that? So, so we pay our technicians. So, all of our technicians are salary um, package. So, I suppose you'd- right. uh, yeah, It's very similar yeah. to, to yours. Yeah. So, yeah. so, we sort of go on, we go on car count. And average repair order as well. So we're tr- we're trying to sort of monitor our our metrics um, like that and keep our wages to a certain. Um, so typically, I like to keep my wages to under about twenty five percent of my my turnover. So that's how we're sort of monitoring our metrics in particular. But yeah, but our techs get paid. If we had zero work in the door, they still get paid for the They're day. Get, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amen, buddy. But yeah, if, Amen. if there's uh, if there's a lot of work, then they pull their finger out and they do the right thing as well. And that's the culture that we've bred in as well. And I I think yeah. uh, I think doing the is it the flat rate that you guys have? I think doing mm. the flat rate sort of like you said, it's a bit of a double edged sword because you could get guys that are trying to cut corners to up their times, and then if there's no work, they don't get paid, do they? So yeah, yeah, you know. So the next exactly. the next job that they take on, they're trying to make up that that shortfall. Yeah, and it's always a push just yeah. to pay the bills. We have the yeah. right. We just have the to exact the opposite. So in my state, there's no safety inspection, but I'm on the board of another state, and that state does have safety inspections. And let me tell you, the cars are not any safer. They are just yeah. as clapped out. And the the problem is, you think, well, everybody has to get them safety checks. Like, dude, they just go to the guy down the street. Who wink, wink, nod, nod, hooks them up, and the car always passes. Now that guy will get shut down, but yep. so what? Like he doesn't care. He'll close up and open up somewhere down the street, and all yeah. of a sudden he's doing the same thing again under his wife's name this time, and yeah. they're operating a similar business and just handing out stickers. So it's mm-hmm. there's no way around it. It's if the person wants to fix the car, they want to make sure it's safe, then they'll yeah. show up to a good That's reputable it. shop and they'll make sure That's the it. vehicle's being inspected, yep. and they'll do the right thing. If the person's like, I don't care, as long as it starts and drives, that's it. And the wheels are wobbling down the road and everything is like smoking. They don't care. They still won't care. And, and you know, you brought up a really important point earlier is, is that most of the time nothing happens, yeah. right? Unfortunately, it only takes somebody losing a child. It only yeah. takes somebody losing a, a husband or a wife. It only takes somebody losing a parent 100%. for somebody to give a damn. Who got that? Right. And that's screwed up, but I mean that's the honest to God truth because most of the time nobody ever pays the price for that. It's except that one time that yeah. they do. Yeah. You know, like we we what, what people are saying about our inspections. Like, don't get me wrong, it's absolutely flawed. Like, you will go on Facebook Marketplace and there's guys, you know, for five hundred, well, two hundred bucks, I'll pass anything. You go on there, yeah. they're on there, and they'll, you know, send us a photo of your paperwork, yeah. and, and we because it's all electronic now, so we just send it through for you. You know, that's still. That sort of shit happens, but um, like I, I told some of my customers, like, yeah, look, you may not give a shit about your tires being worn or your, you know, your brake lines leaking, but you know what? My mum drives on the same road as you guys. My sister drives Amen. on the same road as you guys. Absolutely. Mate, there's kids, there's schools around. Just because you're, oh, I was almost said the c word. Just because you're tight, um, <laughs> just be, just because you're tight, 
<laughs> um, doesn't mean that you know you should put, put people's life at risk. Like, that's your decision you've made. You can Amen. risk your life. That's fine. It's not their fault. You know. Yeah. Amen. Hundred percent. Get frustrated. Hundred percent. Your your issues might be might be the same as ours, and um, we could uh, fail a registration inspection or a roadworthy inspection for whatever reason, and then see that vehicle the following day driving down the street because yeah. they've taken it to, yeah. to John down the road and John down the road's passed it. Um, yeah. So there needs to be some uniformity as well around um, if I'm yeah. failing it, I'm failing it for a reason. And there's, there's multiple reasons that I'm failing it. It, it could be um, that I find it unroadworthy and, you know, um, it could be that uh, I feel that that's not quite right and I don't want that car on the on the road, but John down the road's got to have the same ethos as me as Inspector well. Inspector discretion. Yeah, that's where it is. So, yeah, and, and uh, we, we inspected one recently and the tie rod was really, really loose. There was excessive movement in the tie rod. And uh, I, I found that, that car on the road the following afternoon passed. Oh, you know, crazy. it was really bad. That's crazy. So, um, who's inspecting these things? Are they looking at them? Or yeah. are they just passing them tick and flick, you know, like yep. done? Well, look, I think the problem is because the cost is so low. I guarantee if there was a $235 inspection, you don't want to lose that license. You want to make sure you're doing them. So I'll guarantee you if there was a yeah. two, three dollars inspection and you would allocate that half hour for it. You know what I mean? Yes. At, at 43 bucks, which is your money, what, $25 roughly. Like, to do them properly, we do it because it's a value add for our customers. No other reason. It's not a money maker. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm just not that, a money maker, but right. I will contend that it is guaranteed car count. It is guaranteed. If you car have count, the yeah, 100%. if it's availability, the the yeah. states that have state inspections, I see fewer shops struggling for cars than the, than the states that don't. The here in Kansas, we don't have any kind of anything. So if I got a car, it's because I had to work at it. Through yeah, marketing to get the car in the door, or and and they have to pick me specifically because they can go across the border and go to a Missouri shop if they want, or they can right. pick one of the eighteen shops that are around me to go to. I've got to work really hard to outpace all those and get the car in to me. But I may never see that customer again, and so now yeah. it's a remarketing effort. I've got to go back and make yeah. sure I get state in front of that specific customer yep. to get them come back in a second, a third time, showing them the value. Uh, to in having the vehicle inspected on a regular basis to make sure the vehicle's safe and sound. So you end up having to appeal to those people that do want to make sure that the vehicle's safe. It, I don't get any guaranteed anything where the places that have those state inspections like, yeah, that's great. You will always have somebody calling you about a car, even yeah, if it's something. just to do a state inspection. Yep. That's just an opportunity. Here, they give away oil changes for that. So you're doing an oil yeah. change to <laughs> get right. the car in the door to be able to inspect it to then be able to sell ball joints and bearings or whatever <laughs> okay. else. They're giving away oil changes for fifteen bucks, twenty dollars, twenty five dollars, yeah, like a loss later to get them in. Yeah, yeah because that's they know a, like well, that's going to exactly. get the cars in the door. Everybody's going to yeah. show up, and so then I can sell the work. And uh, shop places have state inspections. So I have a little leg up on that. You know what? You're yeah. not you're not wrong at all. Yeah. Like we do win. In, in reality, with the most reasonable people, you win a like you can win a fair bit of work um, yeah. out of them. Um, obviously, the rules are pretty rigid. One of the rules is you can't profiteer from inspection, so you got to make sure that it's whatever you're repairing is something that has to be done. 
And that's probably the only thing that the yeah. government really strict. If someone complains and they believe you've done the wrong thing, you're in trouble. Like, DVI should fix th- that, though. You guys have DVIs, right? Digital DVI, vehicles? Uh, digital videos. So we, we do photos. Uh, believe it or not, DVIs aren't a very common thing in Australia. Not many workshops do them. We do a lot of documentation and photos that get sent out to customers, um, not through a program, but just through our invoicing program that we have. Um but definitely DVIs might have to be a, a thing that we're going to look into as well. That, that was we were talking about this yesterday. We had a, we had a big team meeting yesterday uh, yeah. among both the shops and we did a, a bit of a strategy session and that was one of the things that got brought up because, uh, it, David, it's, it's not very popular here at all and only seldom uh, or only very few dealers are actually using that as well, even here. So that could be something yeah. that could be a point of difference. But um, I definitely think you're right. The car count um, it, for a shop that does the roadworthy inspections is obviously going to be higher, and there is a chance that you you win some work. We've um, in the past actually won a, bit, a fair bit of service work off the back end of yeah. a roadworthy inspection, just saying, hey, Jan, cars pass roadworthy. Just to let you know, though, Front and rear brakes are getting a little bit low, and I, I do notice it's overdue yeah. for service. Oh, didn't realise. Can you please book me in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and if you're doing the right thing, then um, hopefully they remain uh, a customer yeah. long term. That's the intent. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Awesome guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. This was fun. Well, sounds good. Hey, we'll have to do this again, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, I think we need to make a, a follow up to this. I, I've really enjoyed myself. This has been a really awesome recording. Yeah, so, thank I you. I didn't even get to get through any of my questions, but that's okay. We'll do it next time. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.